Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is week six, and it's time for another pick and pod. We're coming to you from bellyupsports.com. He is Alan Denton, and I am Thomas Black. This is the Blackout, and you're here so you can get some advice in one of the most difficult weeks we have ever seen on the Blackout. Alan, this is going to be an interesting week in college football. Can't wait to get to it. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Ready to dispense all the goodies. (laughs) If you're ready for it, let's go ahead and take a quick look at our standings uh, because we've got a lot of stuff to keep in mind as we move into a week that could see an awful lot of movement. Oh, yeah. Like, I could see 10, 15-point swings pretty easily this week and without batting an eye. It's going to be a remarkable week of pick-ems unlike we've seen anywhere close to this year. As we get ready for a week with a lot of possible movement up and down, let's take a look at these standings. In first place, we've got a faithful listener of the show, Bruce, plus myself, Thomas, at 195 points, tied for the lead. Alan, I am 31 and 19 in my pick so far, and uh, last week I came away with a score of 40 three points. It's feeling really good, uh, but there's still a lot of action to come down the road that is going to need to have a lot of attention paid to it to be able to stay in a solid position like I have right now. For the first time, a new contestant lands themselves in third place. That is Jesse. He has 194 points and is just one point back. Alan, he leads the way for a $25 Visa gift card for our third place prize. Jesse's doing awesome. He's coming off a really good week himself and is in the top position he's found himself in to this point in the contest. Yeah, he just keeps climbing, man. Good. I mean, kudos to Jesse. He's uh, he's he's a he's a veteran. He's a wily vet that goes back all the way to 2008 with me. So. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's good to, good to see him have some success. Awesome. Very good to know the history of Jesse and, uh, glad he is in the competition with us. Alan, you yourself, the Wiley veteran you are, you're in a tie for 10th place. You have 184 points. You're 11 points back of me and Bruce. You also have gone 31 and 19 in your pick so far this season, and you're coming off a week scoring 44 points, sir. You're doing well, and you're in a pretty strong position as we dive into uh, what is sure going to be a very difficult week here in week six. Hey, I just got to keep getting 
uh, keep getting finer and finer. Just got to keep refining myself and just get better. Alan, we've alluded to it a little bit. The reason this week is so difficult is because in our 10 games selected on the ESPN College Pick'em, we have nine games in which we have a spread that is less than a touchdown. Now, you, sir, you have been doing this contest a whole lot longer than I have. I started picking up with you about four years ago and doing this thing. So I I know a good bit myself, uh, but you're the one who has the history of the knowledge with this ESPN Pick'em. Alan, I don't remember ever seeing a week in which we have nine games which have such a small spread and are going to be so difficult to pick. Yeah, I don't know that I've I've ever seen this before. Uh, like you said, nine out of ten have spreads under a touchdown, and just an unreal slate of games. Um, easily the best weekend of the year. <laughs> I mean, it, it it feels like the Cold War. You can't trust anyone. Chaos is about to ensue. You better, you know, be doing drills and getting under your desk in case the nukes come. I mean, it's it's going to be wild. Absolutely. It is going to be wild. I think we're going to see the opportunity for some people to really build a cushion up at the top of the leaderboard. Or we may see some people from pretty far back really climb and shoot all the way up to the top of the leaderboard. And heck, you don't want to be this person, but we're going to see some people up near the top, up in the top 10, really drop out and really have to work their way back up. I I just think we're going to see people all over the place, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out come Saturday. It will not surprise me to see several 20s. This week, I mean, honest to God, I could see several people getting 20s this week that pick all 10 games, but just, you know, pick the wrong games at the top. Yeah, Alan, I I think you're right. I mean, honestly, we saw a week kind of like this in week two, but it wasn't so much because there were such small spreads. It was because there were so many upsets and we had a lot of people in the mid twenties, some people in the low twenties, something that I've never seen before in how difficult it's been. And it's because we've had a season that's been chaos. It's exactly right. We talked about this preseason. We have known less about these teams than we've ever known before. And, and I don't feel like half of these teams on here, I know very well at all yet. I may have even watched them and have watched them. But goodness gracious, it's going to be just, it's going to be a a crazy, crazy week. Alan, I texted you earlier today, maybe yesterday, I don't remember exactly when, but I looked at this pick'em slate and I said, hey man, we've got to come up with a name for this thing because of how we're going to see people jumping way up, diving way down, completely falling apart in their picks this week. I thought we need to have a name for this ahead of time. You know, so I came up with a couple of names. I want to know if you came up with a couple yourself, but I think we ought to deem this something. So uh, I'll start us off. I have a couple of things. I don't know if this says something about me, but the first couple of ideas I had were uh, kind of violent in nature. You know, carnage week, purge week, you know, something that sees just destruction and disaster you know, some people with their lives spared and continuing on chasing down some prizes, but some people falling apart. I don't know what your thoughts are, Alan, but that's kind of where my mind went. That's exactly right. As we turn the page into October, this is what I think. Welcome to spooky season, baby. <laughs> I like it. The other one I came up with is moving week. Uh, you know, just uh, just something connotating people being able to have a big advantage over others or falling apart and really uh, having their work cut out for them as we go out deeper into the season. Uh, but is there something you, that sticks out to you amongst the ones that have been thrown out? 
Uh, I mean, listen, I, I think it could also be uh, uh, the, the week of the diaper because we're all going to crap ourselves. Uh, <laughs> so any any of the above. It reminds me at the end of, of Endgame when all the Avengers come together and they just they say whatever it takes. And they know some of them are going to die. And they go into battle anyway. And that's what we're doing this week, brothers and sisters, as we go into battle and face the war together. And we know some people are going to die and we know some people are going to press on into bigger and better things, right? Yep, that's exactly right. I don't think <laughs> I don't even think Doctor Strange could could process all the 14 million ways this could go. All right. Well, we'll end up naming, I think because of that, we'll end up naming uh, so this thing after one of the, I, I'm going to go with one of the more violent uh, terminologies we have. Yeah. So w- which one do you like? Do you like Carnage Week or Purge Week? Those are the ones I'm leaning toward. I, I like Purge Week. We'll do it. We're going to go with the Purge, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we don't get tied up in it, Alan, but uh, we've got to see what happens next. So, Alan, if you're ready for it, as we head into Purge Week, week six of the college football season, you're going to start us off because you scored 44 points last week versus my 43. So if you're ready for it, go ahead and give us your first value pick this week. All right, my man. So here's here's where I'm going. So if, if we're going, you know, battle, carnage, purge week, I'm going back to the place where this past week we, we witnessed some carnage. I'm going to Kentucky, and, I, and I'm going for uh, an upset here. I've got LSU over Kentucky. LSU is in a must-win spot, and they will be able to test Kentucky through the air in ways Florida simply couldn't. After an emotional win for Kentucky, I don't think they're going to be as sharp. For Kentucky, the past two weeks against SEC foes, they haven't scored more than 20 points. I think LSU beat a similarly ranked and and kind of a similar team in Mississippi State on the road two weeks ago, 28 to 25. Kentucky's a three-point favorite, which would put them as a three on your board. I've got LSU in that same range and a three to four going on the road up into Lexington. Welcome to spooky season and Diva, man. I cannot blame you, Alan. I don't know at this point where I'm going with this game. I've leaned Kentucky a little bit. There was also some injury news that came out with the Wildcats earlier today. Marquand McCall, their starting nose tackle. He's out. Uh, they did pretty well with their backups in the game against Florida. I don't think that's a really that big of a concern other than depth-wise. You know, you'll have to watch it, especially if they have anybody else go down. But I think the bigger one is offensively, Josh Ali, their senior wide receiver, went down with an injury against Florida. He's going to be out for a little while ahead. So uh, I think that's a big loss. And what that does to this Kentucky offense, I don't really know. We talked about a week ago that LSU has struggled at times defending the run, going back to the game against UCLA. Uh, but to me, they really held up against Auburn's rushing attack very, very well. Kentucky Kentucky, in their own right has a very, very good rushing attack and Chris Rodriguez and a couple other guys there. Uh, but is LSU maybe a little bit stronger in the run game than we thought? Maybe they are. I don't know. So I understand the philosophy. I understand totally why you would go against Kentucky in this one. Uh, I am a guy that grew up just outside of Lexington, Kentucky. So I love my Wildcats deep, deep down, though I try to stay unbiased. I was pumped to see them beat Florida. But I understand fully, man, they could come into this game a little bit flat. If LSU defends the run well, no Josh Ali on the offense with a quarterback and Will Levis that has had a tendency to turn the ball over, um, I might be on the side of the 
Tigers as well. I just need a little bit more time to formulate my pick as we go throughout this week. But no matter who I'm picking in this game, it's going to be a very, very low value on my board. So I, I'm, it's either going to be Kentucky at a one, two, or three, or it might be LSU going the other side as well. But I can't blame you at all for what you're doing with your pick. Yeah, well, if this could be the week that you could put everybody at a one, you would, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the nature of this thing is you're going to have to move some people up the board. I think this is an opportunity to, to maybe – get get some points and listen i may be coming back and i have some tiger poo on my face after after this week but i i i like the athleticism of of lsu and i and i like the fact that they've got a lot to play for coming off a tough loss against auburn yeah it'll be interesting to see where that team's headspace is with ed orgeron and and company with that passing offense uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they bounce back and going on into a tough road environment that, hey, really gave Florida a lot of problems on Saturday night. <laughs> well, it's because they kept doing the stupid clap. I don't know why they wouldn't <laughs> do the, the silent clown. I, I thought the only way they did the clap was because Dan Mullen's wife kisses all the players. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, for my first value pick this week, I'm looking at the Pac-12. And Alan, this week, Every week, really, my general philosophy is I really prioritize my picks like 6 through 10. Sometimes on a more uh, difficult week like we have here, it's sometimes like 7 through 10 or 8 through 10. I want to do everything I can to ensure that I get those top two or three, three or four, four or five picks correct, maximize points, and ensure that my more questionable matchups are on the bottom side. So we have to reach a little bit this week. We documented that there are a bunch of teams that have favorites that are low in this week and it's really hard to interpret exactly how things are going to go down but looking in the Pac-12 I'm looking at a matchup between Oregon State on the road at Washington State where we have the Cougars of Washington State sitting as a three and a half point underdog now Alan there are a lot of things that I'm thinking with this game but Jaden Delora the quarterback for Washington State uh, he's been okay. He turns the ball yeah. over a decent bit, but he hasn't really been that special. He was a true freshman a year ago, but I don't think he's really grown up that much. And there really isn't anybody on this Washington State offense that inspires me. Max Borgie's a decent running back. Calvin Jackson and Travell Harris are okay wide receivers, but they don't give you a threat deep down the field or anything like that. So Washington State really, I think, has been subpar offensively. You look at the other side with Oregon State, and this is a team that we've documented, especially in that win against USC, they can really run the ball. Running back B.J. Baylor has 533 rushing yards on the season. He's averaging 6.6 yards an attempt and has nine rushing touchdowns. Their quarterback, Chance Nolan, has been okay. I think he's serviceable, but I think he generally protects the ball. And really, the priority is getting the running game going and let Nolan come back off of that. I haven't watched a ton of Oregon State, but I would think there's probably a good bit of play action in their passing game trying to open things up out there. Dude, when I look at this thing, I cannot find any one reason to pick Washington State apart from the fact that the game is in Washington. Uh, other than that, I think Oregon State's the better team. They're 4-1 and one on the season. Washington State's sub-500 just coming off a win against a bad Cal team. I don't have any faith that Washington's going to be able to win this game. So, Alan, 
with Oregon State as a three and a half point favorite. If you're dictating your points for confidence according to the spread, you would have that fall in a range of anywhere from four to six with a three and a half point favorite. Alan, this week I'm pushing it up in value. I'm going to take the Beavs at a nine on my board. I'm going to put them as my second most confident game. And I'm looking at this thing saying I've got three to five points of value on this thing uh, anywhere in that range on, off of that four to six based off the three and a half point spread. I like the Beavs to go on the road and win this game this week. I like that because honestly, I I have had no idea what to do with the Beavers. And, and so th- this helps clarify for me because I've been wrestling through it, praying through it, fasting and weeping and gnashing of teeth. And because this is something that in looking at it, like there's something weird about October games up in, uh, up at Washington State, and you know, they weird things tend to happen in the Pac-12, especially, you know, with this one. I think is maybe like a 4 p.m. kick or something. It's it's not like a late night Pac-12 after dark type of game, and so, but but running travels. And I did notice in looking at stats that they have been able to run the ball regardless as Oregon State um, wherever they've been, and and so I, you know, that that really helps. Helps kind of, you know, I'm not solidified. I don't know that I'm going to go that route yet, especially moving them up. I'm leaning that way, especially them as favorites. And so I I think that's that's really, really um, beneficial to kind of know that. It's a game that I, I wasn't able to do as much research on as I have some of the others. I like it, Alan. Oregon State is on a four-game winning streak at this point. The only downside is they've lost seven straight to Washington State, but I am looking for that to end this weekend. Like I said, I'm going to put a lot of confidence in it, and if it comes back to bite me, uh, then this really might be a very bad weekend. But it it's certainly <laughs> one of the matchups that I feel better about uh, as only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I and I get that you're going to have to you're going to have to push some people up, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Alan, where are you going for your second value pick this week? All right. So I'm going to the, the Red River rivalry. I needed uh, to say that. Yes. I, I needed to, to say that very precisely because if I didn't, I, I'd be uh, like Elmer Fudd, the, the Wed Wibble rivalry with the Waskoe Wabbit. So I am uh, going Texas over Oklahoma. We've talked about that that Oklahoma ha- has not been exactly what we thought they were going to be this year. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite right in that sweet spot of what we've been discussing, which puts them in that wild, uncomfortable range of a four, five, or six if you were placing it on your board. This comes down, in my opinion, to running the football. Oklahoma struggles a bit, though they they got some of that going a little bit versus Kansas State. I'm wondering how much of that is Kansas State just kind of struggling to find an identity this year. But this is something that Texas is great, great at. Um, Texas leads the Big 12 in in points per game. I think they find a way to slow down uh, Spencer Rattler and maybe turn him over a time or two. I've got Texas as a one or two. Um, they, they've got some things offensively that, that they're really starting to figure out under Sarkeesian. Bijan Robinson is just a monster, an absolute monster in the backfield as a running back. Texas can do 
just enough. I think maybe turn Spencer Aller just enough to get the win. And so I, I think that this will flip that uh, spread and the wed wivel wivelly will go to Texas. Oh man, what a pick, Alan. Going with another upset. Alan, I'll have you know that my second value pick is also on the exact same game. But yeah. we're going on opposite sides. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. I know that Oklahoma has looked concerning multiple times this season, but I think maybe they started to figure some things out against Kansas State. You mentioned the running game. Kenny Brooks had a nice game, 15 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown on the road. You mentioned Spencer Rattler. He's been struggling some this year. The passing game has not been dynamic like we've documented again and again. But the thing that I'll tell you about him is that at this point, they're not pressing the ball down the field as much as they normally do. But Spencer Rattler is completing over 75% of his passes. Going up against a Texas defense that I don't think is that good right now, I like this offense to... If they found something against Kansas State, I like it continuing against Texas. The Longhorns give up 170 rushing yards per game, so I like the odds of Kennedy Brooks keeping this alive, maybe getting his first 100-yard rushing game of the season. If that works, then I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a really good game as well. On the opposite end, you mentioned that Bijan Robinson is the key. He is a freak, dude. He is so, so good. He's got 652 rushing yards on the season. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry and already has seven rushing touchdowns. But, Alan, the only time that we've seen Mr. Robinson struggle was in a game at Arkansas earlier this year where he was held to 69 yards on 19 carries. That's only 3.6 yards per carry. And on the defensive side for Oklahoma, this is what Oklahoma does, man. They're holding teams to less than 85 rushing yards a game. So I'm taking Nick Benito, Perion Winfrey, and Isaiah Thomas to slow down Bijan Robinson. Just don't let him explode. Don't let him go off for 150 or 200 yards. You know, just contain him. And I like Oklahoma's odds to win this game. Those guys that I mentioned help lead a defense for Oklahoma that is averaging 7.6 tackles for loss a game. That's top 20 nationally. So I like these guys on the defensive line and in the linebacker core for Oklahoma to at least put some pressure on Bijan Robinson in the backfield every once in a while. And he's a good enough athlete to get out of it sometimes. But at the same time, I think that Oklahoma can stick Texas behind the sticks sometimes. And I like the odds for the Sooners offense to get things going against this Texas defense. So Alan, I'm going the exact opposite way. Like you said, with Oklahoma as a three and a half point favorite, if you're going according to the spread, that would land Oklahoma somewhere between a four and a six. But I'm going to boost it up in value. I think that Oklahoma may have turned a corner and maybe found something offensively. Not that they're going to be explosive, but maybe they they can rely on the running game a little bit after that game against Kansas State. So instead of a four through a six, I'm going to take a shot on Oklahoma and put them at an eight. It's going to be that next one right behind Oregon State. Uh, if, If it comes out in my favor, that's two to four points of value against what you would do according to the spread. So, Alan, I can't blame you. Again, I thought about it myself. But in these games where you pick such 
uh, small spreads. Uh, it is going to be a lot of people on both sides of this matchup, and that's just what we're going to find. So the crazy part is I'm going to have it as an eight on my board. You're going to be going with the upset, and it's not going to surprise me to see a whole lot of picks on both sides and, and at all kinds of values on everybody's boards as we come up on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. This is fantastic. Oh, this week is going to be so juicy. And honestly, I think you're going to see those types of spreads this week on everybody's boards. Like, I hope to God that the ESPN feature works where you can see everybody's picks as it happens. Because, like, I think you're going to see, you know, on some of these nearly 50-50 splits. And it's going to range from a 7 to a 1. Or, you know, and it could be a seven for either team. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, just, you know, buckle your seatbelts and, uh, you know, uh, just just enjoy the ride. Dude, the variability is going to be crazy. Like you said, it could be seven on one team for one person. It could be seven on the other. If you think about it, I mean, that's 14 points of of variance, you know, from one team to the next. I'm not going to be surprised at all if we see that on multiple fronts and multiple games uh, on everybody's board this week because it's it's just going to be nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I I love it. Can't wait. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can follow myself at TB on the blackout. And uh, one of the best things you can do to help out the show is rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And later this week, I'm going to have Elton Hayes join the show. He's a beat reporter for Penn State. We had him on the show earlier this season when Penn State played Auburn. He and I combined together to give you a solid pick for Penn State and getting that win over Auburn. If you tune back into the episode with that interview this week, we'll give you a breakdown of what Penn State's facing at Iowa for a top five showdown with the Hawkeyes. Alan, we've got some exciting things coming up. And if people are feeling uneasy about this pick'em slate this weekend, then you better tune into the content and figure out where you, I don't know, agree or trust us or at the very least disagree with us and figure out if it strengthens your argument in any way because uh, all the information that can be gathered is very, very important this week. That's exactly right. You're going to want to make sure that that you know exactly what you're wanting to accomplish this week because it's going to be a beast. It is a beast, no doubt about it. It is going to be wild what we see come out of it. Like we said, Alan, it's a really good spot for me and our listener Bruce to be in to be tied for first place. Uh, I talked to him earlier and I said, man, we're in a good spot because a lot could fall with this weekend. And if we end up on the bad end of it, you know, we're going back to the pack and, you know, we probably won't be in a terrible position because of it. But uh, if we can get a good week out of it, then we build a little bit of cushion and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. So it's a very important leak and we could see a lot of crazy stuff go down. Agreed, man. It's going to be fun. As always, make sure you tune back into the show next week for another Pick'em Pod and another Pick'em Rewind when we address what went down in week six, no matter how crazy it is, and as we address the games up in the week seven Pick'em Slate for the ESPN College Pick'em. Alan, it's been a blast. Can't wait to see what else we agree on or disagree on this week because uh, already we have at least one that we're going to be on opposite sides on, but it is going to be so much fun to see, and uh, we'll see what happens this week on the College Football Pick'em Pod. That's right. May the force be ever in your favor. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, Alan. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, see you Thank you.
thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>